Hallo, danke fürs Zuhören. Welcome, willkommen. This is Ted. This is episode 67 of the Multipod, and that's just about as much German as I know. But uh, <laughs> this episode is uh, something different, special. Now, I will say it is in English, but we are talking about the perspective of German in this case, but a different language on the life and the experience of being a multi-potentialite. This episode will be hosted by Flo, and he has a very special guest, Frederica, who started a thread um, not too long ago, about the middle of November, called Multipods in German-Speaking Countries. And uh, just kicking off a discussion about that, as we say about to people's experience in uh, German countries, so obviously not just Germany, but Austria, Switzerland, and um, perhaps you know, other pockets of countries as well. People who speak German have grown up in German. And what their experience has been like in those kinds of societies uh, as multipotentialites, the impact of that on their identity. So you can imagine how this really opens up some interesting questions. We obviously default to English primarily in the Pariverse, and that certainly includes this podcast. But, you know, that means not only do we not speak in other languages on this show, but we do tend to forget about the cultural and societal implications of uh, that we're missing. When you live, when you exist in a different language, no matter what it may be, that's not just how you communicate. It's really about how you perceive the day-to-day -day, uh, communication with others and the societal constructs that grew up because of that. Certainly the education system, how people approach work, how they interact with each other. And so much of that is shaped by language. Language shapes culture, and culture shapes your experience. So you can see how that relates to, therefore, this concept of multipotentiality, which, as you'll hear, kind of scarcely exists in the German-speaking world. And you can imagine this is quite a source of, well, struggle and frustration, And, uh, of course, we're so glad that all the the many German-speaking people are here as part of this community. This is uh, a great place for you to find each other and uh, hopefully, you know, converse in German as well. But uh, we decided to do this episode to really pursue this topic, this concept, and uh, and see what we can learn about it. So, I mean, for all of you who are German or, you know, spend time in German-speaking countries, I imagine you'll probably relate quite uh, deeply to the experiences that Flo and Frederica will share with you. And for all of us who are not German-speaking, who come from other parts of the world, not necessarily English, but anywhere, it's a real eye-opener. It's an eye-opener to, to hear them talk about what the experience is like uh, growing up in Austria, from Flo's case. Frederica, I believe, mostly Belgium, but um, lots of other German influence. And, um, yeah, you know, the education system and just how they were um, kind of channeled into particular career paths and, and the whole vocational kind of mindset. So we hope you enjoy it. It's a, a fascinating episode from our perspective as, as part of our canon here of the Multipod. And it's just amazing. I mean, for, for all of us monolinguals or people who might speak a few words in other languages, you know, to hear Flo and Frederica speaking and having this really in-depth conversation in their second or even third language. It's just amazing. It's fascinating. And I always love seeing people do that to our benefit here in English. So thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing it in English. 
even though uh, it helps to share that experience of what it's like in German. And you'll hear some delightful interjections from young Clara, who is just five months old, that gives a nice, uh, a nice shape to this episode as well. So I'll pass it over to Flo for our uh, episode on the German multipod experience. Good afternoon. <laughs> Hi there, uh, Friederike. Nice to have you Hello. here. We were matched via the accountability um, match approach. And most of uh, you know me already. I'm Flo. Uh, and uh, we had this idea a couple of weeks, months ago, of, um, some German, from the German-speaking community, so to speak. Uh, we were thinking about... Uh, is it possible to present a little bit about how multipotentialites in in the dark region, uh, so to speak, Germany, Austria, and Swiss, um, how they come to know things and stuff about multipotentiality, uh, polymaths, etc.? Um, is there a difference? Um, how we uh, about the perception? Is there how do we understand ourselves, etc. Uh, and so for this very first episode, uh, we will just open up this topic because we have a highly interesting thread. Um, and there is a superb discussion going on about uh, is there a cultural or language difference uh, about the understanding, about the self-perception of multipotentialites uh, in in, in German-speaking countries. But for now, uh, Friederike, um, would you be so kind and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, hello, Flo. And uh, hello, everyone else who's listening right now. Um, I'm Friederike. I'm from Germany. And I'm here also with my daughter, Clara. Clara is almost five months old. And we will see uh, if how we incorporate her into the uh, conversation that we are having. Yeah, and um, I grew up in Berlin, and um, I now live in Ghent in Belgium. And actually, I only got to know about multipotentialites two years ago from a friend here in Belgium who heard uh, about, like when we met, about um, what multitude of things I am interested in and I'm doing. And she said, are you also a multipotentialite? I'm like, I have no idea, but <laughs> maybe you explain me what it is and then I can say yes or no. And then she also forwarded to me the TED Talk from Emily. And uh, yeah, now since a couple of weeks ago, I became part of the Puttyverse. Lovely. That really sounds great. So Clara is five months old. Uh, she's right, the, the, the core principle of a multipotentialite right now, because mm -hmm. she can do any, anything she wants, <laughs> and everyone is happy with it. Um, great, uh, wonderful. Uh, so we had this discussion in one of our first meetings uh, together about multipods in German-speaking countries, and you were so kind and opened up a thread, um, which uh, is called Podcast Episode Multipods in German-Speaking Countries, Ideas Wanted. Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, we had this, this, this main question you came up with, uh, what do you want to know about multipotential life in German-speaking countries? 
Um, and uh, it was fascinating to see how the discussion spread out and how many perspectives and some misunderstandings came up. So for you, Frederick, what is it like to be a multipart in German-speaking countries? Let's say German, <laughs> where I grew up, and then uh, Ghent. Yeah, it's it's very interesting um, because actually I can only say how it is to grow up in Berlin. And uh, Berlin is a city that is different, uh, culturally very different from any other part in Germany. So I cannot really say how it is to grow up as a multipotentialite in Germany since <laughs> I never grew up in whole Germany. Um, but, oh, Clara has uh, found something that is making sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can I can tell you how it is to grow up in Germany in in Berlin. But then there's also enough of German culture, I think, in the school system and university system that is very much like comparable to other parts in Germany. Like growing up in Berlin itself, I would say is different, and uh, being in in. Um, yeah, in the school and university system, I would say it's it's very similar to other parts in Germany. And then I can tell a bit about being in Belgium, but Belgium is is a bit, it's not a German speaking country. We have a small German community and it's an official language here. Um, but in the part where I live now, it's, uh, we speak Dutch here or Flemish, it's called. Flemish. Awesome. Wonderful. Uh, so, I guess you always knew that you were some kind of of different, uh, and I know it from my from from Austria that uh, the the basic idea of education uh, in German speaking countries is about um, keeping control of the system from a government perspective. So uh, there is no much room for being multi, uh, so to speak. Uh, it, it, it should be great. It, it, as Emily says in uh, her TED talk, um, you are asked, what will you do? Uh, and there are some tests you can take before you enter gymnasium or some um, or other schools. Uh, but I guess uh, it became much harder in the, in the last years. So you have to know where to go and what to do from the 15th, 16th year old. I mean, uh, for instance, we have a discussion here right now in Austria about uh, where to get the next generation of nurses and care people uh, from. And one school came up with the idea, uh, oh, why can't we start with nursing school with 14 years? Um, that's a horrible idea, to be honest, because with 14 years, you're still playing with things. And, and, and then you start a nursing school. You have to take care uh, of elderly people and all their emotions and problems. And then you see them die, etc. I mean, that's 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 brutal. Uh, so if, 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 if the system starts to, uh, to, con to, to take so much control in such early years, how will you ever be able to come up with the um, the fact that you could be a multipotentialite? So uh, for you, Friederike, how was your uh, educational background and and your um, yeah your multi lifestyle? Yeah, it was. Um, I remember doing the my my high school exam or going towards the end of high school, which is called Abitur in Germany. And um, yeah, to choose 
what kind of study I should take in university. That was one of the hardest tasks in my life so far. Um, I had spent uh, a year abroad in the US before, and there we had a university counselor at school. Like at school, we would have once per week, one session, one hour with the counselor, and uh, she would talk with us about our interests, what kind of university could be the right one for us, what kind of interests we have. And and I thought, wow, we don't have that in, in, in Germany or at least in the school I was at, also um, a French school. Um, there was nothing like that. And I was, I was quite active also in the, um, in the pupils or students parliament at school and was in contact with um, other people, student parliaments in in, uh, from other schools in Berlin and there was nothing like that basically everyone was a bit lost about what should I do after after high school what should I study and uh, I couldn't uh, decide between like would I what do I want to do medicine um, uh, becoming a dentist or do I want to become a musician do I want to do something in the arts or do should I study physics or 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 math math and <laughs> was <laughs> a really, really, really hard decision for me. Um, in the end, I chose uh, packaging engineering because I I liked paper and I liked folding origami and I, I was really interested in all the different materials, that, like fibers of, of paper. Um, and through looking into studying paper making, cool. paper studies, <laughs> I, I found right out about... <laughs> Packaging engineering, where paper is part of it. And if I look back at it, um, at my studies in packaging engineering, it's um, it, I, I chose it because it was so multifaceted. It was um, talking like you learned about all those different materials, um, about paper, plastic, uh, stone, um, ceramics, uh, wood, uh, pl plastics, any material you, you can think of in the application of packaging but then as a packaging engineer you would also work uh, as an intermediary between those people who were designing packaging and those people who were using packaging those people who were recycling packaging those people who were who were producing the materials for the packaging and the consumers who who are um yeah in the end uh, using the packaging <laughs> um so so looking back at it was was already kind of yeah the the right choice I think you you had uh, super much fans uh, around Christmas time, right? Uh, I, got, I got a gift well, from 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 Federica. <laughs> what was it? I have no idea, but the package was wonderful. <laughs> it's it's yeah. more than gift wrapping, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, but um, so for, from your point of view, it, it was like um, it was better overseas. Uh, than back in Ost, uh, than back in, in, in Germany. Yeah, yeah, especially that I, I had the comparison between in the US. I was at a school in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, and 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 yeah, and and in Germany or in Berlin, um, that I was more seen as a multifaceted person. Okay. From that counselor uh, at school in in the US, then in Germany by any of my teachers. That's highly interesting because I had a similar experience, but for me, it was more like um, 
that they told me I'm uh, somehow not able to learn properly. Um, they just thought <laughs> I'm I'm lazy. Yeah. And uh, the thing was, the very first time I was confronted with this, that there are learning systems, that there are learning types, that you can be an, an audio, uh, more audio focused learner or a more habitual learner. Mm-hmm. I never, I never, I, I didn't knew this because um, in, in, in school between 15 and 18 or 12 and 18, no one was interested in this. And the very first time I heard this were when I was in, in, in the UK. Uh, and it told me, yeah, well, which learning type are you? And I said, I have no idea. And I was by then 28 years old. And it was the very first time someone asked me this. And then they made this te- they did this test and, and they came up with, yeah, you're an uh, audio focused. You have to, to record all your readings and then listen to it and everything will work out. And it did. And I was so, it, it was a mixture of, of anger. Uh, everyone told me I'm a lazy person. I'm not able to learn. But no one ever cared about maybe he has multiple, uh, yeah, streams of how to learn stuff. Uh, and I don't know why there is, why is this missing? Why there is no support? What do you think, Frederica? I also don't know why it, it wasn't there. I discovered it also myself because I was reading like crazy. Like I remember one summer that I read all the uh, books of Annette Blyton, <laughs> of ah. Fünf Freunde, <laughs> Five Great. Friends, Annette Blyton. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like our summer vacation or six weeks. So <laughs> I don't know how many how many books are there. <laughs> and so I, I just had to find other literature <laughs> to read. So I went into the next section <laughs> and was reading about learning. And, and that's where I learned about learning um, quite early on uh, during high school times, like when I was... 13, 14, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I don't have the feeling that uh, in in my German school that those aspects were really like taken care of. It depended on the teacher. If yeah. if one of the teachers had more better understanding of different learning types, I had an English teacher who um, uh, came back from a. Fortbildung from, from like what's that in English? Uh, when um, the teacher training, goes into training. a training and come yeah. comes back uh, to school and then has new ideas. <laughs> 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 there she learned about about um, that you should uh, bring different stimulations to learn into the classroom. So she started drawing things on the on the blackboard. <laughs> Oh, that I found okay. quite quite interesting. So that was uh, yeah, but it's very personal. Like if if a teacher personally had an interest in doing something like more, then um, you would also benefit from that as a as a student. But in general, my my father himself is a um, was a teacher. He's retired now, and yeah, it's uh, teachers in Berlin especially. They are notoriously overworked. Um, they have to do many, many over hours and uh, there's always somebody sick. So they have to pitch in for others. And the the atmosphere at school is not the best work environment for teachers. So and that is reflected then also in, in students. So there's not much capacity to um, individually look at students um, also in the class uh, even even though I was at a good public school um, we were 36 
students in the classroom. How do oh. you, as as a as a teacher, how do you manage thirty six students, oh, wow. and how do you then, um, yeah, create your lessons in a way that that you you also care for people who are a bit more special in in that's cool, yeah in learning. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, It's that's, just not possible. That's highly interesting because while we were uh, talking about this, I was thinking. Uh, I mean, there, there is so much, so much specialization going uh, going on here in in, in Europe. Uh, somehow, you have to know which special specialization and the specialization of the specialization you want to go in your education. Uh, could it be that the system uh, needs so much energy to control all these uh, specific ways where you can go, and they lose the the overall sight? what is actually happening happening to an individual uh, learning because for, for me when i studied medicine i always had this everyone was like yeah when you start medicine first you learn everything about the body and physiology and about uh, pathology etc and then you have to specialize and when you specialize you have you 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 must subspecialize and subspecialize go deeper 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 yeah uh, but i always was like why can't there why is there isn't there a, a, um, a field of study or a study itself where i can have a great overlook as if no one wants no one wants the great picture no one wants the big picture you have to specialize because special, specialization means a price tag uh, and yeah. now after you said this i think it really it starts in the school already mm -hmm. how can we price you what's your special superpower we can work on but not right now in school you can take care of this later on when you're older but mm -hmm. right now we just put everything in your head as good as possible as fast as possible and then let's see uh, yeah what survives so to speak but no one wonders what you are as a person in general or what's good for you that's interesting i don't know about that yeah and and, and also looking at the, the um, the different subjects, like uh, every subject is, is graded by itself, but that I think that's also the same in other countries. And yeah, you don't get like this overall grading of like, you should be good in everything, yeah. like in all the subjects. Or some people say like, I don't care about um, the, the soft courses. How do you say that? Like German literature and English. And, and I, I go into the sciences. So I, hui. Hello, Clara. <laughs> I go into the sciences and I don't care about the others. But it's um yeah, there's there's no real curriculum that that gives you the opportunity to integrate all of these interests. Like yeah. there's no field except if there's something extracurricular. I at some point I did so many extracurricular activities. <laughs> it's crazy. Like uh, it was a bit too much, but but yeah, that's the life of a multipotentialite. If now that I've read also what other people do in the forum. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter is happy with a piece of paper. <laughs> I will give her another oh, one. Lucky one. <laughs> Me too, when there is at least a number like thousand on it. Um, <laughs> then I'm happy with a piece of paper as well. <laughs> um, that's that's highly interesting. Um, I wondered um, we had uh, you you opened this uh, this wonderful thread about multiparts in German-speaking countries, 
Um, oh, can I can I uh, go back to this previous uh, topic and and leave yeah, one thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you said about uh, you studied medicine, and um, now also a difference between uh, because we're like I live now in a different European country, and you could say like, well, it's Europe, it's it's um, things are the same in Germany. Um, the when I go to a doctor. I'm actually the expert on on my my whatever I need, and then I choose the specialist, and I'm the one who knows everything about my complicated sickness. Exactly. I, I I suffered from um, allergy against dairy products, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, like I went to different doctors, and I had I was the one telling the other doctors like what was happening to me, <laughs> and yeah, 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 and, yeah. and became the expert of, of my own disease. Yeah. Um, here in, in, in Belgium, they call it Mantelsorg, so, okay. so like, like a, a coat, like um, to, yeah. what, is, what is Versorgung in, in, in English? Care. Um, It's kind of a, care. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. care mm -hmm. that envelopes you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's yeah. that's the word here in in Dutch, and the house doctor is your best partner in whatever you need, yeah. be it be it uh, psychologically or or something physically, and um, he works together with a network of specialists, and he's the generalist or she. Um, our house doctor is a he, so I'm referring to him. <laughs> um, And and that's kind of kind of the the multipotentialite doctor here. I I feel because they also the um, they they do um, palliative uh, care. They they are there um, to ask questions for for pregnancy, and then they uh, send you further to the gynecologist or to the mm -hmm. midwives. But but he or she, the general practitioner, is really a general practitioner. Practitioner, not like in Germany where yeah. the house arts. I, I rarely went to the house arts because to the, the house doctor to the general practitioner because <laughs> they weren't treating me in that multifaceted general way. Yeah, uh, I can help you with that because that's a, that's a, um, actually has something to do with the Second World War. Uh, because after after this, uh, there were after the war ended, uh, most of the healthcare systems uh, were destructed as well. Uh, and so when they rebooted the healthcare systems uh, in Germany and Austria, um, the, the 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 survivors mostly needed a surgery in intervention, surgical intervention, because they had all these um, these uh, illnesses, scars, whatsoever war, war uh, from the war, war mean, wounds, yeah. exactly, uh, to, to, uh, that have to be uh, taken care of. Uh, and this primary healthcare aspect to see Uh, all the risk factors you are going through uh, as an individual to give you the chance to have primary care. Um, this wasn't this wasn't necessary. This wasn't on the screen for for the for the uh, governmental systems. So uh, and, and and this combined with the uh, with the rise of the of the industry of the medical industry. So. Uh, hospitals were the center where everyone knew when I go there, I can be cured as well. And I get a surgeon, I get all the specialists in one place. Um, and the system knew if we can bring them into the hospital, 
uh, together with the with um, the medical industry uh, developments, we can earn a whole lot of money. Uh, and you don't mm-hmm. you bet you get more money for making someone healthy again or to cure someone with the help of industry than to help someone stay healthy. And if you uh, check out the 50s, the 60s, the 70s here in Europe, it was like those who survived the war, uh, those who were still well, worked hard to bring up the countries again. And those who were ill only needed the treatments hospitals uh, could provide. So there was no basic need for primary health care. I mean, let's see here in Austria, we have primary health care since 2015. Uh, wow. And if you combine this with a long uh, uh, history and 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 a long, yeah, a long history of of bureaucracy, so there are those two systems also in education where the uh, uh, the, the the industry and the government and the economy together um, think about what the next generation should learn. So, and the more specialized uh, students and pupils are, the better they can be integrated in a highly specialist system. And the better you can, and the better accountable they are, the better calculated they can be in the future. And I, from a personal point of view, uh, that's mostly the thing um, that there is no no way to, go up to, to, to climb up the corporate ladder as a multi whatsoever you can get yeah. you can be specialized in some way and then you become the ceo of a company that is specialized within a certain niche or branch uh, but you can't go there and say okay i can a lot of things i can do this and that etc 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 it's more of a laugh number because everyone yeah. will say you can't do that that's not possible that one person can do all of that yep. to a certain, in a certain way or a certain quality. Yeah, um, it's, it's a it's a special specialized people's bias towards yeah, multi faceted people. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And of course, if you, I mean, when I remember when I was in school, when I was 13, 14 years old, I really there were people around me in my class who really already knew what they wanted to be. And this was highly frustrating because when they did all their, uh, it's, it's in, in Germany, it's Abitur, in Austria, it's Matura. Uh, and in those, uh, um, in those fields where they did their Matura, they had all A grades and B grades. And I was like, yeah, someone in the middle, something there a bit, but, but not very perfect, not too bad, but not really usable for the system as I was. Yep. Uh, and this was high pressure for me afterwards because everyone, oh, I'm going to study physics. Oh, I'm going to study medicine. Oh, I'm going to study economics. And I was like, oh, I'm going, I want to study all of this. Yeah, sorry, but there is no study physics or no study whatsoever to do, to do so. Um, so that's the, uh, uh, I think tra- uh, Traveler had this in his post about is it a socio- socioeconomic? socioeconomic state of thing or an education thing or maybe religion thing i don't know in how far is religion is this a is this an issue for you or was it i cannot really say i i grew up um 
in, in a Christian parish. At the same time, my, my mom is from Vietnam and uh, she was raised in, as a Buddhist. Okay. So I was already in contact with different belief systems. Well, not really like Buddhism is not a religion, but like there's there's a um, philosophy behind it, which is sometimes similar and sometimes different to to uh, the Christian philosophies. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot really say if if that's so much connect- connected to to the Christian religious basic system in, in Europe. I don't know. What do you think, Florian? Or what, what was uh, mentioned in the thread? Because I remember it being a topic in the thread. In the, in the thread was, uh, I'm just surprised if uh, anyone had asked. It was about the language. If there is a, if language is a differentiator of, of uh, accepting yourself as a multipotentialite or, or uh, better, better understand yourself as a multipotentialite or that others do, then uh, Travel the Road, uh, I would have suspected that a correlation might be found with, say, education, socioeconomic status, uh, maybe religion, but language. I never would have guessed that language for, could be for, uh, an, an differentiator. For me, actually, language is a big differentiator. Um, since German, for example, is a very exact language, exactly. you have you have so many words that are describing something very specific. To they, yeah, like you, you can be fair, like um, like a surgeon with with her knife, yeah. with German language, with words in German, like very very precise and exact. And um, English, for example. I don't have that. I don't have yeah. that in English. English is very good to to describe something in a very general, quite fuzzy way, actually, <laughs> 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 which leaves room for interpretation, which sometimes is uh, is wanted, and and I welcome that about English language. Yeah. But for for some for certain things, German language is more precise, more concise, more exact. Yeah. And and I like using more for certain things. But in that sense, it's also a differentiator uh, in specialization. Yeah, absolutely. Could be. Absolutely. Could be yeah. like yeah. because you have to be quite straightforward and exact in and if you reflect that culturally in people, yeah. uh, you would maybe want people also to be straightforward and very exact and be one thing. Like Absolutely. one word is one thing. <laughs> one person Absolutely. is one thing. <laughs> uh, if, if you ever have the chance to sit down uh, for a cup of tea with an informatics, uh, informatics student, with a philosophy student, with an economy student, a medicine student, and I don't know, maybe uh, a lawyer, yeah? You have five people on one table and after a certain point, uh, no one understands the other anymore yeah. because the German specific, the German technical terms are so it's... specific that you even if you hear them, hear them, you, you have absolutely no idea what it means. Uh, and I'm absolutely with you because uh, when it comes to English papers or journals or, or, or whatsoever, there is this room of interpretation uh, where you can step, uh, step further and and and, and think and and uh, yeah elaborate a bit more uh, and, and you only have to check where are the the, uh, the results which results are published in, in papers from German speaking countries they are mostly technical 
there are unbelievable many uh, social uh, um, social science papers out there in German, but they are yeah so specific they can't be read anymore. They are so highly <laughs> precise, and if you take a social science paper in English, it's readable even on a let's say mid level mid English level. Um, you, you get the idea. Maybe you don't understand all the technical terms as well, but you get the idea what it is about. Um, and I think there is a reason why German is not the main language for publishing <laughs> scientific that, Yeah, that, that, that could really be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I really liked also in the thread um, the conversation around um, that language is being shaped by culture but culture is also being shaped by language and yeah, that's yeah. a topic I'm, I'm really interested in because i also work as a facilitator and i intentionally use certain words or do not use certain words to create a certain mood or or even a culture if 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 we are yeah if i do a facilitation for a day or for three days then you really are setting the the seed through yeah. language to create culture. Mm, okay. So you say first language, then culture, or the other way around? From from. Uh, I think I think feeling. you cannot distinguish that anymore. It's it's a head and neck problem because yeah. you, um, if we un maybe maybe like that, if we unconsciously use language, then the language <laughs> reflects the culture the current culture oh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon okay. as we intentionally use language as something to shape our culture language becomes the creator of culture otherwise mm -hmm. it's the the other way around we are we are mm -hmm. unconsciously living a, a certain culture and language reflects that so the precise maybe like that so it's the first time that I'm thinking yeah. of that. Thank you That's very much for that thread and our conversation. Yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. Because it also could mean the precise of the language, the more uh, differentiated the society and the culture in it is. Let's say um, Japan. Japan is has a highly complex social, uh, religious society system. With, with many, many subtle uh, approaches and, and levels and layers and whatsoever. And also, they have three alphabets. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. grammar, the grammar is rather simple and how to, 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 to speak it, but they have three alphabets you have to learn for I don't know how long. And then even then you need, I, I read somewhere, maybe that's wrong, but maybe someone can correct me, 10,000 signs you need to read a newspaper. Um, that's unbelievable uh, and so it's highly yeah it's it, it's highly uh, differentiated mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean that simpler languages mean simpler cultural uh, experiences no. or no, no, super no. development absolutely not but the same is for german or if you say hungary hungarian language is like finnish i think they have 16 cases um and most of the brilliant uh, physicians and, and physicists, um, they came from Hungary. So if you take uh, mm -hmm. von Neumann and, 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 and John Wheeler and all of them. Uh, if already in language you have to think in 16 cases, then maybe it's it's yeah. just a small jump to think in 16 dimensions. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, 
but that doesn't mean, on the other hand, that the the English. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm absolutely with you that language and culture is highly connected, and that on the tip of the iceberg, people like us, multipotentialites, have the problem to how to position myself through language in society, in the community, among yeah. my friends. Yeah. So, uh, there is no actual German word for multi. Uh, you can't say multipotentieller. That sounds so absurd. No, no, no. no. It, it sounds I, that you there's are an electrified thing. I don't know, Robert, you are multipotential. It, it sounds. Yeah, so I, I, I did a small research on German yeah. websites or in German uh, search engine to to see if there are already articles about multipotentialites in German. I think there are two articles yeah. that I found and then there's a, a thread on the translation page um, uh, leo.org dict.leo.org because yeah. I guess one of the um, uh, journalists who wrote <laughs> one oh, of the really? articles so. yeah. uh, could be that's that's a story that I make up but it makes sense to me that uh, somebody who wrote an article about multipotentialites in German um, asked in a forum thread in in on that dictionary uh, page <laughs> like ah. how can I best translate ah. multipotentialite ah. I don't remember what the what the translations were or the to, suggestions in the end um, the person chose uh, multipotentialite like because it's also a created word and Uh, to yeah. use it also in German. But the same goes for, for, for that's, that's, that's highly interesting because the same goes for polymath. Yeah. It was like I was telling it to my father. He's 72 years now. I said, uh, can you imagine polymath? And he said, I don't know polymath. Can it do a lot of mathematics? What, what, what's that? I, I don't understand it. There is no, yeah, there is no real German word. And no. I think, especially no, no. when you don't have a word in your own language that you grew up with. It becomes much, much more complicated to explain what you are because everyone is like you're a multi what poly why what so <laughs> can't you feel like everyone else? <laughs> so I yeah. think language is a differentiator, absolutely. I, I, I would agree as well. And I'm I'm very interested to know about uh, our listeners um yeah opinions or, or thoughts on that. Uh, and um Maybe it's a good time now to refer again on that forum thread. I yeah, think we'll yeah, yeah, also yeah. post the link somewhere. <laughs> I would so. I would be interested to hear more from other people about this uh, cultural language as a as a differentiator, as a cultural differentiator or a creator too. of culture Me or too. the other way around. And I think that's a wonderful closer now because uh, Friederike, my idea is that For the next time, we bring Marcus on board, who is part of our uh, match accountability team. Uh, and uh, he's also... He also he's from, from Germany. He's he from Germany. In Germany. He's in, in, he lives in Stuttgart. Uh, and so next time, it's me and Friederike and Marcus asking Marcus about his opinions and insights about, about being a multipart in German-speaking countries. Okay. Yeah, very good that we're closing because... My daughter's uh, attention span has ended. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit hungry and nervous in the same way. <laughs> Perfect. Friederike, thanks so much for your time and, and, and recording this with me. Um, yeah. We read us in the thread. <laughs> yes. And uh, oh, thanks also, Flo. Absolutely. You're absolutely welcome. Uh, and yeah, we and read thanks us. For listening, and thanks for listening. Whoever's listening right now. Listeners. Yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah, we read us, have a wonderful evening, and 
we'll uh, hear you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 So continuing nicely on our German theme, it just so happens that we have had two recent putty peep who hail from Germany, or at least have a connection there, and uh, happy to profile them as part of this episode. So there's Jans Schabacher and Jeff M. Starting with Jans, he is currently into being present, leadership skills, and getting his life back. Jans has lived in uh, Bremen, Berlin, and then Bergen and Stavanger, Norway. Moscow, he says, for two months, and exchange programs in Paris in France. On the topic of polyglots, Jans is right up there. He speaks and reads German, English, and Norwegian, and has additional knowledge in mainly reading and understanding Swedish, Danish, French, and some words in Russian. He says he learns some words uh, in Arabic, reading Icelandic newspapers on Facebook, and some Baltic language uh, newspapers, too. He's a multipod when it comes to music. He likes jazz, classical, uh, world music, ancient music, and more. He follows politics from local to state level to federal politics, but also how that merges with uh, things like cycling, electric mobility, and green shipping. And he says he helped found a state-level political working group for green shipping in uh, where he lives in Bremen. But, of course, his interests go beyond that, too. There's also history, space, physics, chemistry, biology, and lots of other things. You can find Jans in the Community Builders Group, also the Language Lovers Group, and uh, feel free to send him a message. So that's Jans Schabacher. He is our first putty peep of the week for this episode. <laughs> and uh, Jeff, Jeff M., who I believe is from Germany, but he says uh, headquarters right now are in Belgium. He's also lived in Kenya, traveled mostly uh, around Europe. He's currently into time-slash-energy management, finishing a master's thesis, and sharing stories. Jeff is a biomedical engineering student by day. He's a multipod by night. He's still looking for a good balance between his interests and their place in his schedule. So Jeff would love to connect. You can send him a, a direct message, a private message on the forum, certainly if any of these appeal to you or perhaps other things, but uh, software development, data science, sustainable engineering, coaching, collaboration methods, system thinking, entrepreneurship, international development, alpine rock climbing, running, film, movies, and music, traditional woodworking, such as uh, custom living spaces and boats. Jeff was in Kenya and helped install a solar power for a hospital there. He says he met a beautiful variation of interesting people along the way, which led to a, quote, bore out that's a good one, of his last semester of school. You know, if you've been in school in a program perhaps for too long and you've had enough, it's so hard to finish. I've been there. That's a good word for it. It's a, a bore out. You're just super bored. But what can you do? you got to do something. you got to finish or you got to take that time off. So he's currently taking life back into his own hands, and uh, he says he's acquired some great lessons in the past year and now putting them into action. Great to hear. So look around for Jeff M., He's in the Community Builders group as well, and the group facilitators, and uh, feel free to send him a message. So again, a big thanks to Flo and Frederica for the episode today. Dankeschön. We appreciate it. It was a great insight into your upbringing and some of the challenges that uh, you faced, continue to face along the way. I mean, it's not just for, for children and students uh, you know, being forced to choose a path, but I mean, this goes on, of course, through our whole lives, is into adult lives and you know, as you try to 
adapt your career, change career, start over, do something different, and apply your various interests, your passions, and find a way through life. It's it's a frustrating thing when we live in these rigid societies. But, um, you know, bit by bit, piece by piece, whether it's here in North America or in, in Europe or anywhere else around the world, and hopefully we're starting to break down some of those uh, obstacles um, structurally to encouraging people to pursue what it is they want to do and have the freedom, um, the liberty to do that and be supported along the way. Well, that's what we're here for here in the Puttyverse. And before I sign off, I'm going to say a huge thanks and uh, shout out appreciation to Joel and his team for what, from my perspective, and probably most of you, was a quite a seamless transition from Putty Tribe to the Puttyverse. Uh, we saw the notice that it was happening, and you know, before we knew it, you kind of press refresh, and boom, there it is, the Puttyverse, and the, the URL changes, the logo, and everything else. So I'm here to tell you that from our perspective, it was great. It was smooth, it was slick, and it just happened, and, and now we carry on. What happened behind the scenes, I don't know if it was that smooth or not, but you guys did a great job. And uh, what a great way to wrap up this this year by a positive change that'll carry our community forward into a new year and beyond. It's a great, great future for this uh, community, the Puttyverse. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We've got uh, a couple more episodes coming up for you before the end of this year, including one that I know you've been looking forward to for a long, long time. I'm going to leave it at that. It's a cliffhanger, but we're super excited to finally have talked to her on this show. So stay tuned very soon for some more episodes. Thanks for joining us. Dankeschön. Bis zum nächsten Mal.